Years Hello, ago, and friends, welcome to Winter Faith with Frazier. I am your host, Andy Frazier, and welcome to the podcast today. Let's get into it. So, last week we talked about shame and what shame was. We dove into a little bit of my belief on shame, that shame is something that is innate, biological, and human, that shame is something we all wrestle with in life, and that shame is is where we get a lot of um, toxic feelings sometimes, but also there can be healthy shame. So we addressed mostly the toxic shame issues last week, and so now I want to dive into ways that I have found helpful in my own life to deal with shame. Now these uh, these ideas are helpful to me. They might not be helpful to you, and that's okay. I just ask you to kind of take what you have and listen. So as I've said before, if you don't appreciate what I'm saying, maybe listen to five minutes of it, and if it's not worth your time, then turn it off. I'm okay with that. But I, I think you will find something helpful as I go through um, the some of my own story and some of my own process with healing shame. So... Um, one of the things people talk about is healing shame, um, combating shame. I don't like the term combating shame so much because I think it's not so much about fighting shame as it is accepting shame and healing from what is already in our own life. It's not something that you fight per se. It's something you surrender to. It's something that you accept. And I find just like when you're trying to fall asleep, And you may say to yourself, oh, I really want to fall asleep. I really want to fall asleep. Help me fall asleep. These are ways that kind of just bring up tension in your life. A better thing to do is perhaps go for a three-minute walk, read a book for four minutes, um, sit up for a little bit and do some breathing exercises trying to clear the mind, whether uh, rather um, laying in your bed and just trying to fight and think about this idea of wanting to fall asleep. So just in that way of, of that tension and that fight that happens when you're trying to sleep, that's something with shame. You can't really, I, I personally don't think that fighting and combating shame is the type of language that I would use when dealing with shame. I would talk about it more in a healing um, type of way. So I want to um, begin by telling you a story, and this story comes from the Bible, which you know that uh, a lot of times I bring stories up from the Bible, and and hopefully um, when I do share a story from the Bible, it's not something boring, um, but it's something that maybe you're like, oh, I never knew that was in there. So I'm going to get into a story here in the book of Luke. Uh, So this is Jesus, and Jesus is on his way, and the crowds almost have crushed him. There's so many people following Jesus that they almost crush him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So this woman, Jesus is in a big crowd. There's a woman among him. And there's all these people around. And there's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And and the text tells us that no one could heal this woman. No one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and she touched the edge of his cloak and immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped. Jesus turned around and he said, who touched me? 
all the people denied it. And Peter said, Teacher, the people are crowding all around us and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that the power has gone out from me. So this is a very interesting thing that that apparently Jesus has this power that all you have to do is touch Jesus and the power um, from Jesus will come out and heal you. And he senses that this power has gone out. A very odd, very odd text that is very supernatural. Uh, it's very mystic. We don't really know what's going on. There's a lot of min- mis- uh, mystery excuse me, in this idea. And so for us modern, rational, westernized thinkers and Christian and Christians, this is a very strange thing. Somebody touches him, the power goes out. Verse 47, then the woman, seeing that she had uh, not gone unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Jesus turned to her and said, daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So we have a strange thing here once again because she thinks she is trembling. She is frightened. She is scared. This woman has maybe used some sort of unauthorized touching of Jesus. And keep in mind that women are typically not allowed to touch men especially in public, especially in a big crowd. And Jesus is not just an ordinary man. He has followers. He has a reputation. He is important. People know who he is. And so this idea that the woman is so scared and she comes trembling at and fell at Jesus's feet. And so Jesus could have condemned her. Jesus could have Uh, maybe embarrassed her. She's already feeling some kind of embarrassment. And I would say that she's feeling some kind of shame because she knows she's kind of breaking some rules of culture. She's kind of going past some boundaries that have placed in culture that she's not supposed to touch a man, that maybe she's not supposed to be in public. We don't know much about this woman. She could be poor. She's definitely um, sick. The text tells us that she's been bleeding for 12 years. So she's probably an outcast from society because of her own health. She's possibly an outcast of society just because the fact that she's a woman. And now she goes on top and she touches um, Jesus. So there's many layers that she's kind of an outcast in this text and perhaps is feeling shame about all of those various things about her. But Jesus does something. He kind of flips the story and he makes the story not about her embarrassment, not about her fear, not about her shame, but he takes and he tells her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So whose faith healed her? Well, Jesus says, and the text says that her faith was a part of the healing process, that her faith is what healed her. So as I, you know, I've named this podcast Winter Faith, There's something that even if our faith is not always maybe consistent, that our faith is not always where we want it to be, that's not always, I've heard the language, my faith is not strong, my faith is weak, whatever our faith is going through, this idea of our faith maybe being maybe more difficult to understand. So that's why I've I've taken this term winter faith, 
because I think there's something deep and dark about our faith sometimes, and that believing in something that you can't see is very difficult, and it can have a lot of doubt, and it can have a lot of uh, skepticism. And so this woman's faith, whatever her faith is, her faith has healed her, Jesus says. So think about this as we think about shame. Can we have a faith that brings about healing in our shame? Can we acknowledge shame to the process where we can um, possibly be healed? So here's some helpful ways that shame has been healed in my own life. And like I said, it's something that we're always constantly battling in life. But here's some things that are helpful to me. I have had friends and I have had relationships that have created safe space for me to express my feelings. So what, I, what I'm saying here is we need to have safe space where we can really express um, the healing that is in our life. And I may have mentioned this in another podcast, but if you have a room that you can go to and shut the door and express your feelings, that's very, that's very good. It's very helpful. But if you have a person that can come into that room with you and sit with you and listen with you and cry with you or let somebody vent, you know, we, we have people that we vent about our good days. We have people we vent to about our bad days. And these people, we need these people in our life so we can express our feelings. And so one, one of the things that we've talked about is shame is a process of hiding so if we can be with people and they can create a safe space or an environment that allows us to express feeling, um, this is very helpful. So in my life, um, I have certain people, I would say I have about three people that I know I can say, hey, I'm having a really, uh, I'm having a lot of feelings of negativity about myself today. I really don't think I'm a very good person today. I think... I think I have some really messed up stuff about me and I can go and I can tell someone and they listen to me. They're not there to talk, but they're there to listen to me and I can call them and I can text them and I can meet up with them and talk to them. But to have, I would say, two to three people that you can just express your feelings with and that those are consistent people in your life. One of the things about my life, because I have moved around the country uh, various times over the past five, six, seven, ten years, however long. Basically, I've been moving about every two years, I would say, sometimes every six months, sometimes every year and a half. But that has been difficult because I haven't always had the same people in my life. So there's something very good about having the same people in your life that you can build a relationship that you can express your feelings with. So uh, number one way that, that I deal with shame is to have friends who create safe space for me to express my feelings. Okay, um, number two, I have found a lot of help in seeing uh, professional therapists. And this is something that I would say since college that I've, I've kind of dove into the psychological world, which can be a scary place to go. Um, for some people who have grown up with a lot of faith, a lot of church background, they might have some negativity um, towards the uh, psychological world. And so 
They don't want to go to a counselor. They don't want to go to a therapist. They'd rather go to a pastor at a church. That is absolutely fine. As long as you have somebody that who can help you, that is trained, that is wise, that is going to be a professional to you, I think that is very important. And so number two is a little different than number one because for number two, I'm actually thinking of a professional, not just a friend, but somebody who has um, professional training and how to deal with whatever you or me, uh, uh, what we are going through as we deal with ourselves, as we deal with our own um, toxic shame. So I have found that um, it's very good to have somebody who's knowledgeable about what you are going through personally from a professional um, level. So that's something that that therapy has been important to me um, in my own life. And I've, uh, I've not always enjoyed uh, going to therapy. I've not always gone every single week. Um, I would say consistently I'm more once a month at this point, once every six weeks at this point. Uh, but there was a time where I was going every single week and that was helpful to me at that time. And I just think that's an important thing to deal with, to deal with shame is to get into those rooms where you have a paid professional. And, and some people do find that it's too expensive but I think that it is worth whatever you spend on it. Um, you can go and, and buy food at a grocery store and kind of whatever you spend is kind of what you get. And you can still be smart and wise about how you spend your money. But I do think there's something about you kind of pay for what you get. So just uh, consider that when thinking about that. Okay, um, number three. All of these things are, are definitely related and connected. Number three, I put talk, hug, and connect. There's something about real connection with other people. So being able to um, go to church, being able to go to a 12-step meeting, being able to go to maybe a counseling uh, group counseling setting, um, be, being able to go get a uh dinner or lunch with uh, friends. There's something about talking and connecting and hugging and all those things are, are related. And so I think what I'm saying is, is you need to have a community who also deals with, with shame and is honest in their own life. So this is different for number one, because number one is creating safe space for two or three people. Number two is going to professional help. Number three is just having a group of friends that you can kind of enjoy life with. And some people have not found this type of community in church, but ideally this could be a church. Some people have found this with their classmates at school. You know, I think a lot of times we go from school, which is very communal, and then from school being a communal setting, we get into the workplace and the workplace can be very individual and very individualistic. So I think it's important to have um, some friendships and be able to connect not on a deep, uh, deep level, but just on a social level. There's something about social connection with other people that builds this friendship and allows us to um, really enjoy life. And so there's something interesting that yeah being around people can cause us shame but also being around people can cause us uh healing from shame so there is a there's always the good and bad uh, to all these things 
but I think friendship is, is very important. Number four is something fairly new in my own life, and this is meditation. I think it's very important to have three to five minutes of silence every day. Now, for people with young kids, people with teenagers, people that are caregiving and taking care of uh, maybe older family members in their house, um, people who just have busy schedules, this is something that I often hear, I don't have time to meditate three to five minutes. I don't have a quiet place three to five minutes. And I don't know how to get you three to five minutes in your life. I really don't. But I would just encourage you to go out and get it. I don't know how, but I think there's something very good of three to five minutes of silent meditation. And I don't know how you can make space in your day. I'm not going to give you a critique on your life and how you use your time. I'm just going to say that this has been helpful to my own life. And that even for somebody um, who doesn't have a very busy schedule, who has a more flexible schedule, it's still difficult to do and it still takes discipline. So here's a few ways that I have uh, helped me. I have used headspace.com. I've used headspace.com for a little less than a year now, and that's been very good. I want to say, I can't remember how much it is. It's maybe a few dollars a month to get headspace.com. Uh, there's also uh, Richard Rohr is a author who's been very helpful to me on this idea of meditation. Henry Nowen, Thomas Merton, these are people who have written about meditation that have been very helpful to me. Um, I think some of the ways that meditation can happen is through yoga, through running, through sitting in silence. All these ways are various forms of meditation. And I would say, you know, three times a week minimum, but really every single day would be good to have some form of meditation. And I think meditation can come through yoga and running. I think it can come through a active uh, prayer life for those um, coming, you know, maybe more comfortable with the word um, prayer life as opposed to meditation because of um, maybe baggage in your own uh, spiritual life, maybe negativity towards the Eastern um, religions. But really, Christianity is very much a meditative religions just like Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, all these practices have, all these religions have a practice of meditation built into them. So we need to um, think about how we can meditate, but it's just very important to clear our mind. Um, and this is an important part of healing shame. Number uh, five that I have that's personally helped me is comedy and laughter. So I have various comedians that I love watching. I have various sitcoms that I love watching. There's people that bring laughter to my life when I need laughter. And so this has been just a powerful way that I have been healed from um, shame in my own life. And so this is just these are just five ways that have helped me kind of cope and, and heal from shame. And basically, I have to do... I would say three to five of these every single day. And so this is something that it's not like, okay, I you know, watched a really funny movie yesterday, so I'm good for the week. Uh, that's probably not going to be enough. I could be wrong, but in my experience, that's probably not going to be enough. Okay, I meditated once a week. Uh, that, you know, that should be enough. That's probably not going to be enough. Okay, I connected with people today, so I probably don't need to do it the rest of the week. Uh, that's probably not going to be enough. 
Um, going to a therapist, like I said, that's a little bit different. That could be once a week. That could be once a month. That could be once every six weeks. That probably does look a little bit different, but I do think that's an important part of, of life and, and healing from shame. And um, the last one, to have close connections, I, I really think that's a daily thing, that you have those two to three people that are very close to your, maybe it is your wife, maybe it is your husband, maybe it is your best friend, maybe it is your parent, uh, maybe it's your child, but there is something that needs to have kind of that close relationship. So I see all these as, as sort of a daily a daily practice or at, at the very least a weekly practice for healing shame. So I started going to um, Christian recovery programs and uh, Celebrate Recovery is a, a, a big program that uses the 12 steps. And so there's an author that I've mentioned, John Bradshaw, that talks about healing shame uh, through the 12 steps. And so that has been helpful in my own life. Um, my life at times has been very um, stressful about the future because I'm worrying about what the future looks like for myself. And so one of the one of the reasons that I started doing this podcast is because I needed to do something with what I've experienced in my own life. And so the old, my healing in my own life has come from people that have cared about me, counselors that have cared about me, and churches and programs that have been put in my place that have cared cared about me. So Christian recovery programs have been very meaningful to me. There's also a program called Grief Share. If you look at griefshare.com, that has been very um, helpful for me. Also, grief.com has been helpful for me. And, and I do find that reading books has been helpful, but also I need to talk about what I'm, what I'm reading. And so one of the things I, I love to do is, is just explore myself and how I can, how I can grow and how I can help others grow. And without the, without people in my life who, who put time and energy into me, I would never be able to help other people. And so really this podcast is, is, it is for me just doing something with my, with my thoughts, but I hope that it can maybe start conversations with my friends and, and families about the power that we have in our own lives to bring about healing to each other. So most of my, um, recovery story has been related to um, the issue of, of pornography and how that has kind of taken away the power in my life, that it's taken away um, my strong sense of self and my strong sense of who God has made me. And so through the process of allowing people to love and take care of me, I've realized how great God has um, shaped and formed me, especially the past few years. But even as I look back on my childhood, I, sh I see what God has, what God has done in me and through me and with me. And so the message that I take away is if you are, maybe feeling a lot of shame in your life, if you are feeling like you are not good enough in your life, I really encourage you to tell someone. 
if I had to take one message away from what is going on, why am I feeling this way? If you're feeling it every single day, if you're feeling it every single hour, just tell someone, okay, I'm really not feeling good about myself. And I don't know what that will bring about in your life, but in my life, all I have to do is say that sometimes and I'm automatically feeling better about my day, about myself. And we have a lot of false messages in our head, and sometimes these false messages are from our own um, shame and our own toxic shame in our life. Sometimes these messages come from outside of ourself, and they've been formed um, from other people in our life, whether it goes back to childhood, whether it goes back to uh, middle school and high school locker rooms. Those are some of the places that it goes for me. But there's people in our life who have given us false messages. And so if we can acknowledge that, okay, there's some false messages in my life. And so I have to can I have to um, heal from those most false messages by getting those out in the open. So the fact that um, for so uh, many years of my life, I was hiding my emotions and getting on a computer and looking at pornography that was not helpful to me. Um, that's really what it did is just hid me from myself and it separated me from myself. And then through these actions that I've kind of listed through meditation, through comedy, through talking, through counseling, um, through sacred space with my friends and safe space to express my feelings. I have experienced a great level of healing, um, but it still has to be a daily process. And there's one last thing I wanted to look at with the text earlier as I as I get close to wrapping up here. But Jesus came into this world, I believe, to bring about healing. And when he talks about salvation, when Jesus talks about the kingdom, when Jesus talks about what he came on earth to do, he talks about bringing sight to the blind. He talks about healing those who are crippled. He talks about allowing the the lame to walk again. These are some of the ways that Jesus talks about what he came to do on earth. So this woman, he says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. The word peace in Hebrew, the word um, is a lot more meaningful than just non-violence. The word peace maybe could be described as everything is as it should be. Everything is in its proper place place. Everything has been used the way it's supposed to be used. I want us to remember that we are here not by ourselves, but humanity was created to be around humanity. And so we need to understand that we're here to be with other people. We're not here to go off by ourselves. And a lot of times that's a temptation that I feel. I just want to go Get a book, get a cup of coffee, and be by myself. And there is a time for that. But there's there's a message that Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you, go in peace, go and do something, go and set the world to rights. That's what one author says. That we need to bring about peace on this earth. And peace doesn't just mean nonviolence, but peace means doing what we were created to do. And what we are created to do is to connect with other people. We were built with a deep desire for connection. And so I just encourage you to think about what is God teaching you 
in your life today? Who are the people in your life that you are supposed to connect to? Who are the people God has placed around you that you can send a message to? And this message can be of love. This message can be of honesty and openness. This message can be of forgiveness. And maybe you just need to talk to someone about, okay, I'm going through something by myself and I would just like to tell you about it. I don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to heal me. I just want you to tell me something and listen to me. So this is just an important message that I think we need to hear today. So whatever's going on in your life, I encourage you to build some friendships today, make some connections today, and may you go in peace. Thanks for listening. Check out more of my work at andrewgfraser.com and check out my podcast as you're listening to it right now, Winter Faith with Fraser on iTunes. I really would love for you to leave a review and that would be very helpful to me. So I really thank you for listening and I will see you next week. This is Andy Fraser and I am out. See ya.